Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Bears at Dolphins Thursday night NFL. Marco, what should Bears be looking at? Two factors in this game. Both of them go against the Chicago Bears. You've got motivation on the Miami side. We'll talk about that concerning the injuries. And scheduling is a horrible spot for the Bears. Coming off a big division game against uh, Minnesota last week in which they won. Have to travel on a Thursday night short week on the road. Non-division game, which generally is the least important on your schedule. Both of those factors go against the Bears, and I'll explain why I'm going to back Miami. All right, so let's start by explaining to me why Miami is high motivation here. I like to use, this is going to come into the injured player theory. They're going to rally around the third-string quarterback, which actually, when they got to him last week, he did play well and got them the win. They started the game with uh, Chad Pennington. They benched Chad Henney. Pennington got hurt early. They had to go back to Chad Henney, who got hurt himself, and then were forced to go to the third-string quarterback, Tyler Thigpen. Anytime you have a bad situation like that, I believe, and we will get into our debate on intensity, but the rest of the team plays at a different level because of the injured star. And here they're going to rally around that third-string quarterback. Everybody will give an extra effort. And it's human nature. If you're the Chicago Bears, you've got to look at it and think, i got a little bit of a break here. We're going against the third-string quarterback. Okay, so, so you make a good point. And I agree. Your injury, that's one of your pet theories. I agree with it a vast majority of the time is the team is going to make the effort to rally around and, ma- and pick up the slack. And the opponent is inclined to let off the gas just a little bit and not put as much effort in and focus. And the betters themselves who set the market are, most, are, are really affected by marquee injuries like the quarterback. They're thinking third-string quarterback. That's all they're thinking, which means there's going to be a premium on Chicago. All right, so I agree with all that. Let's talk about Chicago. So that's pro-Miami. Let's talk, and not necessarily that Miami's the better team because their third-string quarterback's in. It's in this situation, considering the point spread, they're going to be the better. They're going to relatively be the better bet. Right. All right, why is Chicago at a disadvantage? Chicago's at a disadvantage because, one, they're coming off a big game last week. They played Minnesota, and if you break that game down once again, and the Bears have done this several times this year, the Bears, for the record they have, I don't think they're as good as their record indicates. I've watched a lot of Bear games this year, and they just keep getting the breaks to stay in ball games. Last week, four more turnovers by the Vikings was the difference in that ball game, helped Chicago win. The other thing that I like here, it's the preparation time. This is tough to turn around in the NFL from a Sunday to a Thursday game. And what makes when it, you're traveling. When you're traveling and when you're playing a team that you don't play every year. It's a little bit easier if you're playing a team on a short week that you play twice a year. But the Miami's on the same short week. The only difference is the travel. The, the only difference Which is, is a big difference because if you only have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the, the half a day for travel is a, a significant percentage of the preparation time. It is. And let's throw another wrinkle in here where the injury actually is a benefit to 
Miami. You've got a short week of preparation. Tyler Thinkpen, there's not a lot of film on him. He's the third-string quarterback. So now you don't got a lot to look at. You don't know what to expect and what his tendencies are either of how you're going to game plan to beat somebody that there's not a lot of film on. Well, there could be another side to it is if you're not going to be able to game plan anyway, then the short period of time doesn't really matter. Okay, so let me throw some numbers at you. One of my themes this week is going to be that side or no side, where I think there's a few trends this week that are so big that I came into the handicap saying that side or no side. And actually, to me, though I hate Chicago and I would never bat him here, Miami is a go against to me in this spot, though I am passing the game. And it's the same thing I've now said. This is the third time I'll be saying it on the videos. They are 17 and 41 ATS at home. That's 29%. That's that's a massive number of games. You've got 58 games, 29%. They do not have the home field advantage that the normal NFL team does. I, if I told you that, that I've got a home team that's 29% over the last almost like eight years, hey, do you want to bet at 11 to 10? You probably, do, you know, your first thought is no. So sometimes there's trends so prominent that it's, to me, I'm either going to fade it or I'm going to pass it. Um, now, how, and again, I know to some degree this isn't a best bet from you, so it's not like you love Miami, but uh, how do you look at a 30, 29% home team? Well, there's no question they've had problems, you know, and that number that you're quoting there goes back several years. I think this team is... Well, this team, I mean, don't, let's not step into any, uh, any problems here. I mean, they are breaking historic NFL records for winning on the road and losing at home. So it's not like all of a sudden they've turned this around. Well, but they did win last week, and that's a momentum builder. They did win at home against a team that was coming off a of bye week, had the new Randy Moss coming into town, you know, and everything in Tennessee. You know, in my, you know, regards, I look at Tennessee as a better team than the Chicago Bears. Oh, for, I agree with that 100%. Uh, my, Chicago doesn't do well against good teams. They've only covered 2 of 12 as an underdog. So they're the type of team, if they're supposed to win, you know, maybe they'll get to win, but they don't seem to do so well when they're in a real competitive spot. Um, Chicago, like you said, how much significance do you give to the fact that their win last week was against Minnesota? I mean, that's clearly a big interdivisional game. Absolutely. And I'll go back to earlier in the year, there was a similar setup, not a short week. Well, yeah, actually it was, but not as short. Chicago played on a Monday night against the Packers. Mm -hmm. They won that game, and it was, you know, again, typical fashion. Green Bay turned it over late, and they won it. Uh, it either was in overtime or right at the end of regulation by three. They went on the road the next week, Sunday night game, non-division game on the road to the Giants and got smoked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I'm not comparing the Giants in Miami, but just the situation was the same. And we're taping on Wednesday. Left tackle long for Miami. Left tackles are key, especially stud left tackles. Is now probable? He is now probable, yes. Okay. Uh, anything else before you give your formal projection? We've pretty much covered everything I got. I will point out that this Miami defense, last week we talked about Tennessee and the offensive weapons they have compared to what Chicago has. They held Tennessee to 259 yards total offense last week. Hit us. I got Miami 20 to 14. All right, now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we'll be talking about the ESPN Thursday game. We've got UCLA at Washington. <laughs>
For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. UCLA at Washington Thursday ESPN. Marco, what should batters be looking at? They should be looking at a lot of scoring in this game. Washington has one of the absolute worst rushing defenses in the country. UCLA loves to run the ball out of that pistol offense. When Washington has the ball, they can move the ball through the air against this UCLA defense. I see this as an up-and-down game, and it is a Thursday night game. You know how home teams, the crowd, this will be the last home game for Washington, so it is also senior night on a Thursday night, little added atmosphere. Okay, so you like the over. Now, typically a, a rabid home crowd is good for defense, right? For a disruption with noise, yeah, they're going to they're going to be more of an impact. But on the same token, if these two teams start going up and down the field, the crowd's going to get into it. It's okay, like interesting. So you're saying the the tenor of the game, if it is handy, if it does turn out the way you're handicapping it, which is a shootout, the crowd is going to is going to propel that forward. Most, I mean, I'm old school, so I like defense. But if you talk to most people. You know, baseball, nobody wants to go watch a one nothing game. They want to see a 9-8 slugfest, you know, and it's the same way in football. They, they don't get excited Speaking about Speaking of old school, we, we had a, uh, in the comment section, we had people predicting your age. Yeah. Now, i got to tell you something. I'm not sure if it's just the camera lies. That's possible. I'm not sure if it's the makeup and everything, and, and uh, which I go, uh, you know, oh, I'll you natural. go out natural. Yeah, 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 you go yeah. with the makeup. Well, I know mean, that. competing, competing against you. I mean, I, I've got to do you something. You need everything you can. Every get. chance I can get. <laughs> all right. So then, now all joking aside, now <laughs> I don't know if they're looking for free picks, like somehow. But you got a lot of uh, guesses of your age in the 40s. Now, someone who's mighty smart said, wait a minute, the guy's been handicapping 31 years. When did you think he started? So why don't you officially give us your age? My age is a, just two weeks ago. I turned 49, and uh, I think uh, No Limit actually uh, got it on the, on the button in a forum post. So it is 49. Wow. You know, contrary to what you make everybody think. <laughs> okay, so... Um, all right, so we've got that answer. We've got, we've got that cleared up for sure. Washington, I, I get UCLA is going to score, in your opinion. What do you think about Washington? Washington's worked. Now, the quarterback, Locker, you know, there was uh, some question marks on his injury. He had a rib injury. He has been upgraded to probable. Don't see a problem there. And, of course, you never can handicap if he gets drilled in the ribs and goes out of the game. Understood. So. But I like him. the fact that it is their final home game and the situation that I like this is the third highest total of the season that was put on a UCLA game. So Vegas is telling me they expect scoring in this game as well with setting the high number. All right, but if I'm, I, I'm confused. Is if, if all it took was setting the high number or, or, or identifying, if I looked at the college card for this weekend and said, I'm going to take the three highest totals and bet over... I, that would seem to me to be the opposite. I would suggest take the three highest totals, bet under, take the three lowest, and bet over. See, there's a difference. All right, that's what I'm asking. Okay, the difference is I'm looking at UCLA themselves. I'm looking at what all of their totals on their games this year have been. Okay. So now you have a barometer of what you know the, the landscape is generally on a game. Because if you look at most teams, they're going to be within a couple points, their totals, most of the time, unless they're playing, you know, uh, a really extreme team that, you know, has a high-flying offense. 
But UCLA, this game is their third highest total of the year, and their last couple games haven't been as high scoring. So that makes so, me look. So you're saying, all right, so let's be very clear here, because what you're saying value-wise is counterintuitive. I've got a high number I want to go over. That's counterintuitive. What you're telling me is it feels trappy to you, exactly. is that the number seems too high. It's the third highest, but at first glance, that it doesn't seem like the game warrants that, and thus you think Vegas is inducing under bets you want to go over. Exactly. All right, so for you, this is a, it seems like a fundamental handicap, but then also a contrarian play against a perceived trap. Now, do you really think that Vegas traps towards the under? Because they know the public wants to bet over, the, you know, I usually, I mean, the whole idea of a trap is they're inducing you to do something. Do they really try to swim upstream well, like that? It, when you're coming to the totals on a TV game, it becomes a little bit more dicey, I will agree with you, because it is human nature. Vegas will tend to set a, a total a little bit higher on these TV games because we've talked about it numerous times. You set 100 people in a room that don't know anything about football and tell them bet over or under, their mentality okay. is going to take so, over. So it doesn't seem like they want to trap you towards the under to me. Um, but, but, you know, again. But it's better than me seeing the line come out lower than I thought because then definitely I would be leery of the over because I would be respectful. I wish the, the line was eight, the total. <laughs> I'd go right over. Okay, a couple other things. Um, I don't think either team looks good on the side. Um, UCLA is 11 and 28 against losing teams. 11 and 28 ATS against losing teams. So they don't seem. And again, that to me is a cultural thing. I know there's all the coaching changes and all that. But when you you recruit, you know, a certain type of player, and when there's a game they think they can win without necessarily putting their full effort in, they seem to do that. And and again, this is over uh, what 39 games. Washington, 18-30 at home. So you've got a, not a great home field. So I don't like either side. I will say this is both teams are still bowl eligible. And to me, that actually tends against the over, too. I think the intensity, and again, it's to get to six wins or whatever, I think the intensity is going to be there. I could, I could probably lean under a little bit here. You want to give your formal projection? I have it to the total. We're sitting at 53. I have the score um, calling for a Washington win 31-28, which is basically on the nine, right on the line for the side. But I like the game to go over. I will give you one note. You kind of touched on it with both are bowl eligible, but a bigger motivational fact if you like so UCLA. You said, you said 3128? Yeah, that's 59. Okay. No, no, that's fine. And, uh, I, I miss her. The UCLA side is sitting at 4 and 5. It is a psychological thing for teams that when you're sitting at that game that can take you to 500. It's such a, you know, landscape to be 500 motivational-wise. So if you're looking for one edge for UCLA, that would be with them um, sitting at four and five. So you mean a landmark? Landmark, landscape. It gets the <laughs> job done. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking Friday's game with Boise State. And Marco has a few apologies to make. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Fresno State at Boise State, Friday night ESPN2. 
Now, Marco, typically I turn to you and ask what batters need to know. Well, I told you what batters need to know last week in Boise, and you unwisely contradicted me, so let's talk about it. Your point was, and it was a subtle point, though incorrect, that Boise was going to be somehow deflated because it seemed impossible that they were going to be able to make the BCS championship game. My point is, if recent history tells us anything, that it, there's so much uncertainty until the final BCS comes out, both with the voters, with the, what the computers think, with who's going to win and lose. And lo and behold, Boise covers last week, and they've closed the gap to such a degree that most people are projecting that if Boise wins out, they're going to pass TCU. Off of TCU not losing, just having a close game. So do you want to explain what you learned from, from what I taught you last week? What's your best back record <laughs> compared to mine? Okay. The situation, it, it did. What a difference one week makes. And in that one week, Boise State put the pedal to the metal, won their game in a blowout. TCU had a little bit of a hangover effect, and it's really bad the way they're getting penalized because they fell behind. They came out flat last week. They fell behind 14 nothing, and then they rattled off. But, like, but, but, here's the question. Why is it any worse for them to be penalized for having a close game than it is for them to be uh, to benefit from blowing out Utah. If winning big is good, then winning uh, close is less good. That just is common sense, right? It, it is, but it, it's it's a whole other debate. You're creating a climate in college football that I don't like. You're you're enticing coaches to but run as a better you should like it maybe as a fan you shouldn't because if you can divine the motivation of these teams because to me this is the i actually had a real i thought a powerful experience last week as a handicapper going leaning towards boise knowing there was a premium on them and for the consistent listeners what we said was maybe the premium is warranted and maybe it's even not enough and then they end up covering. And then I always fade Notre Dame, but I thought it was a unique spot that I didn't want to fade Notre Dame. And both of them came through where I would have been wrong if I would have went with my instincts. And I really believe that's the prototypical difference between a new school wise guy and an old school wise guy. The old school guys, and we know them, no matter what, they're taking the home dog, getting more than the touchdown. You don't even have to guess who they're on. You know who they're on. The new school guys are either going to pass those games occasionally, they're actually going to lay the points when it's warranted. And I think with this Boise team, you've got a great team with a great coach that can name the score in many spots. And to me, why in the world take, why take the dog in that spot until the premium is just too extreme, which I'm not sure if it is this week or not, but I don't think it is. Well, it's a game, again, I'm not going to make a play on. You're going to have a play on. I think there is a premium on it, and again, it's the same question as last week, is it enough? The other thing that you didn't mention that hurt TCU with the close the gap is not only did they have a close game, but the team that they pounded that gave them all of the credence, beating Utah, turned around and laid an egg in Notre Dame. That hurt them also, and the fact that Boise's last two games, why people think they're going to leapfrog them, and I happen to agree now, is they play Fresno State this week, and then they've got Nevada next week. And the Nevada so Boise has the national championship in their sights. 
I, unless I'm mistaken, Alabama's going to be favored against Auburn. Doesn't mean that they can't, you know, Auburn can't win. But right now, Boise has a heck of a chance to be playing Oregon in the national championship game. So I think their motivation is max. I'm going to give a couple more stats, but before I do, then give my projection. Any other, th- any other specific elements of this game? You know what? I'm just going to pass this to you. That's it. So just look, sit there and look pretty, as you say sometimes. All right. Fresno is 1-8 on Fridays. Now, we all know the Friday games are just different. It's the home crowd and is a key. It's the short week. And this is a team that, you know, a nine-game sample is almost doing as bad as you can at 1-9 ATS on Friday. That makes me lean Boise. But even more so, I think they can name the score. And I think that people don't get – usually when you have a premium team, people are like – betting them so much. Like, if you go back to the old Miami teams or the Nebraska teams in the mid-'90s, you could not bet them over the course of 30 games and think you were going to be up more than a couple units, and if anything, down a few, because they were known to be so good. They were such a premium, there were such a premium on them. Check out these stats. Boise, 38-14 and 14 ATS at home. 38-14, and 14, not 18-14, and 38-14. 40 46 and 22 as a favorite. Okay? Now, actually, as I look at my notes, I may have those mixed up. So, as one, their 38 and 14 is either a favorite or home, and their 46 and 22 is either a favorite or home. But both are massive, and, and, and both are applicable here. And they're 34 and 15 in November. This is all ATS now. So, they're finishing the year strong. They blow out teams when they're a favorite, and they play well at home. They have max motivation, and they can almost move, name the score. I don't like laying big points, but my official projection here is Boise to cover. I don't love this game, but I, I certainly don't want the points here. I, this is a game that I w- will not be playing. I will make one comment on the Fresno State stat that you said about them on Friday nights. And this is, again, when you look at just blanket stats, I can guarantee you, I don't have it in front of me, but I would bet $500 that if you looked that up, Fresno State was a favorite in almost all of those nine uh, games that you talked about because Fresno State has been a good team in the past and in recent years, and they would be that team that would be laying points on Friday night. Since you were a little thin on your content on this one, you can read my last point, and everyone will be impressed. Fresno had more yards and more first downs last year. Did you know that? No, I just read it off your sheet there. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And give Marco a tip or two about this game because his content was a little thin. But i got to tell you, that is the exception, and we'll be back. Now, we're going to go to Saturday's games. If you're listening on an audio podcast, that's going to be it for this one. Just go to your next podcast, and uh, we're going to be looking at all the weekend stuff. And if you're doing videos, well, it's pregame.tv.